What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Scurll and you are listening to Behind, no sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. This will be a kind of a mishmash episode, kind of like last week was, except differences. Harris is more professional than me and actually did do something as far as the topic goes. But uh, there's also a handful of other things to talk about. We got to talk a little, little uh, Wrestle Kingdom, a little AEW, Royal Rumbles coming up. So there's a few other things we can we can pepper on through the show as well. But uh, but Harris, Harris, Harris came up with a topic. I'm very impressed. Well, I mean, you haven't heard it yet, so don't be too impressed. But it's there. It hey, exists. That's we'll, that's we'll more than I did last week. So it's true. That's true. So Wrestle Kingdom happened. It did. And it's very exciting for me to watch the one New Japan show of the year. I might watch more this year since I actually have New Japan World now and yeah. will probably be too lazy to cancel it at least for a month or two. <laughs> but you know, you might as well you might as well follow up on it. We'll see yeah. how you know how it works out. But uh, Mark, we were just we were game planning the show a little bit and you said you only watched a about four matches. Yeah, I'm I'm embarrassed to say, but but so the show happened and, and I wasn't watching it live. I'm sorry. I, I've done that in the past. Oh, no. I've done it before. I've done it a few times actually, uh, where I've watched the New Japan show, you know, at two in the morning and watched it live. And that was n- that's never going to happen again in my lifetime. I've I'm past. <laughs> I'm over the age of 25. It will never ever happen again. Um. But so so that makes it a little bit more difficult for me watching wrestling because then going back, it's always like, eh, do I feel like watching this right now? And then a lot of times the answer is no. Um, that's why I go out of my way to try and watch AEW live every week because to make sure that I watched it. But anyway, so that so I wasn't watching live. So then afterwards, you know, I got New Japan World and was like, well, I'm going to watch this at some point. And then I didn't do it the first day. Or the second day, or the third day, I was like, I need to watch something of this, like, because there was definitely matches I wanted to watch. So I went through and started it, and then of night one, and then kind of was like, you know, I don't really care, I don't really care, I kind of care about this match, but I don't want to watch it right now, and just ended up just starting with uh, uh, Okada versus Osprey, and and watched the last two matches of night one. And then um, I pretty much did the same thing for uh, for for night two as as well. So yeah, that that's all that happened. Unfortunately, I I, I will I'm I'm probably gonna try and watch the rest of these matches at some point. But yeah, I've only watched the the two main events for each of the two shows. Well, hey, listen, that no, that's perfect because the only reason I I brought that up was I was gonna say those are kind of the ones that I definitely focus the most on right. the rest of the shows like i watched but i would have it up and i'd be like working out and not really watching that much or cooking or cleaning or just doing something in another room yeah those are the ones that i was actually watching most intensely too so i think that works my goal whenever i watch these shows because i i'm i'm never going to watch it live <laughs> unless i'm you know yeah i've done it before or in the lottery or it's, something it's not, not no fun way. it's not i remember but, watching I remember watching Dominion 
2018 live when Omega mm-hmm. finally won the title. Right. Which is still, you know, it's my number four all time grace match. It was amazing. But that was the last match. It was it was like the sun was coming up by the time that match was ending and I was dying. It was. Yeah. Uh, worth it. Sure. Because I got to watch that match live. But yeah, that was I think I, I think I tried to watch Wrestle Kingdom last year live. I think I might have done that. I don't remember now. But yeah, it's not going to happen again. No, no. Well, my I feel, goal I feel is for all to... of you uh, in the UK who have to watch live wrestling. I really feel for you guys. I don't know how you guys do it. I don't either, dude. But I, my goal every year, knowing that I'm super casual about this, is just to like get more into one or two people that I didn't know about before and yeah. just kind of build out my knowledge that way. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad strategy, except a lot of the people that I had sort of gotten to know have jumped ship at this point, <laughs> either to WWE or AEW. So all of the undercard matches, I was like, oh, man, I don't know any of these people except for Kenta. And I'll be honest with you, I've never really gotten that into Kenta, probably just because I met him in NXT and he didn't do right. anything there. It's not really his fault. But OK, we let me say this real quick, and then I guess we can get into the four matches that we remember or watched. The only thing I've ever watched live, like at a bad time, because obviously, you know, we, we I live on the East Coast. You used to live on the East Coast. Everything's tailored for us. But when I was in England, you're going to this is going to be so funny now looking back on it. But I, it was still, you know, like two years into my wrestling fandom, the shine hadn't quite worn off. Not that I'm not a fan, but, you know, you kind of get burnt out after a certain point. And you kind of lose faith. But they announced for the first time in 20 years that the draft was coming back and they were doing a brand split again. And I was like, wow, that's a really big deal. This is really cool. This could be good for the product. Oh, oh, the so naivete I, of Harris. I know. I was like, oh, so they won't <laughs> yeah. they won't ruin it. See, then like and if you, redo if you it every reached year. out or something, it would have been like, oh, yeah, they've done this like six times, Harris. It had been a minute, though. I mean, it had been since before I started watching, right? So it was the right, first right, one right. I'd ever seen. And I was like, oh, so this is going to like have consequences and they'll stick to it. And all of that was obviously not true. <laughs> but that's why when I was studying abroad in Oxford, I actually got up at like midnight or one in the morning one night, popped out my laptop and watched the draft happen. Because I was like, oh, yeah, this is as big of a deal as Wrestle Kingdom. And it was cool <laughs> at first, but whoo, boy. <laughs> at the time that felt uh, like the right decision funny. and as had as time has gone on and they've insisted on doing that thing where they're like hey we're gonna do a new draft and then the new rosters are gonna have a brand warfare fight at survivor series a week later like right. it's really it's lost a lot of man these shine. guys but haven't so these guys haven't wrestled each other in two weeks it must be look how big yeah. of a deal this is they're finally coming back together it's like oh boy yeah, so, you know, like, if CM Punk comes back and wrestles Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, I'll watch that live. But sure, otherwise, sure. it's probably never going to happen. <laughs> and yeah. I've accepted that. Yeah, I mean, I'm at the point where I've seen enough where it's like, I I recognize most of the names on both of the cards. I, I've seen, you know, I've seen pretty much all of them wrestle at some point, just from watching different shows. But but I, I definitely feel you. It's definitely true. A lot of the ones, at least half the ones you really have gotten invested in over the last three years or so are yeah not there anymore so it 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 is kind of a little bit tougher to it's always tough to kind of get back into it you know it's like i don't know it just seems to happen a lot with new japan more than a lot of other wrestling companies 
just because that's kind of the way they're formatted a lot of times. But um, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, no, it was still good. The stuff that I uh, that I did watch was uh, was still great as always. So so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm letting you start, man. You watch more than I did. <laughs> not by much, though. Not by much. That's the thing. I should have pulled the card up. I didn't think about it. Okay, let me just start oh, with this. Oh, I have thing. the card gonna... up. Yeah, I of think course I have the card on, up. Are me... you kidding me? Good grief. It's like Harris has never recorded a podcast before. Well, I had the topic, Mark. I figured you would handle this because you okay, usually fine. run everything. Then I'll handle we... this. I have it pulled... No, what? I have it pulled up. <laughs> Good grief. All right. So, um... Uh, so they did, I guess the first, do you want to just go match by match or how do you want to do this? Well, I don't think, I think we should just like throw out some general thoughts because I didn't watch, like, I don't have enough thoughts on each of these matches. Yeah, me neither. Like I, the way they structure two nights works pretty well for me. I'm curious to see like in 10 years from now, what the different two nights look like. I feel like cause last year was the first year they went two nights, I believe. And they did a really good job of tying it into the story, right? Where I believe – I could be wrong about this, but it I, I think Naito won the first title one night. He did. And then fought for the second title the next night. And uh, he's been no. double champ all year, right? Or am I wrong about that? Um, No. It okay. – uh, uh, well, you know what? Maybe maybe he did. Yeah, I think – yeah. Did he beat uh, – did he beat Jericho for the title on night one? Now I don't remember who it was. But yeah, he won the Intercontinental – the first night, but mm-hmm. also Okada, who was a champion, wrestled. He defended oh, okay. his title too, so oh, okay. it was a little different. Where the both competitors wrestled both nights, unlike this one where Jay White yeah. didn't have to wrestle till just the second night. Okay, so because Okada wrestled Ibushi in the main event mm-hmm. for the title the first night, right. and okay. and okay. yeah, and Naito won the Intercontinental Championship, and I think it, I I thought it was Jericho. Who was the one before that? I, I could be wrong. I don't remember now. But um, yeah, okay. and and then 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 the winner of that one would then wrestle for the right. the the actual title. But yeah. okay, I just I, the reason I we we get into all that is I'm just wondering how many different permutations of one story over two nights for the title they can have. Like this yeah. year was a little different, obviously, and I like the added twist of you know Jay White the notorious heel doesn't have to do anything on night one right and kota ibushi is gassed when he wins and proceeds to night two like that was all really cool mm-hmm. i just wonder how long that like how many different things they can do i like that two night structure because it's not something we see a lot but i wonder how long it can stay fresh before it just becomes the same thing we're like the underdog baby face is trying to finally have their big you know for lack of a better word, WrestleMania moment, like yeah. ascendancy. I've claimed the title here now and overcome all the odds. I feel like they've done that two years in a row and it's fine. It's not bad. Like I really like it, but like in five years, how are they going to tie together night one or night two? I don't know, but I'm curious to find out mm-hmm. the best thing about this. And this is what I'm most proudest of. You're going to laugh at this too, but I have a very good understanding of who Jay white is and how good he is. Cause if you right. remember, I, I'm bad at this, Mark. This is a real problem that I have. But when he first won the IWGP (laughs) championship, I pictured in my mind every time I read Jay White and saw Jay White, I was picturing in my mind Jay Lethal. (laughs) 
I forgot about Which that. Which is not as bad of a mistake uh, as the other one. That was one of the one, funniest things to ever discover in the middle of recording an episode ever. That was awesome. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. This is, I don't know who this so guy funny. is. But he's really good. I like him. And now, of course, they're already like, yeah, he's probably going to go to WWE. And great. Oh, so no. I got to see his last good match for a while. Most likely, <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll go to NXT first. I don't know. Yeah. I don't we'll, know. But we'll he see. was. So he was the MVP for me because I knew who he was. I knew he was good, but I just hadn't really got to sit down and watch him work. Mm-hmm. And man, he's he's real good at this wrestling. Oh, thing, he's he? he's awesome. Yeah, he he's just he's a joy to watch. He's he's awesome watching because again he he goes full heel, which just is so refreshing to watch when people do that. Because it just doesn't happen very often. So, but he goes full on. He goes full on heel, and he's not in there putting himself over with moves or stuff. Like he's not. He's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my best to cheat and win. Like, and that's basically it. And it's just, it's again, it's a very, it's a lost art form a lot of times, especially in you know, like AEW. But uh. So it it is it is nice to see. That's just refreshing. So anytime someone does that, especially in these big matches like that, it, it's just awesome. I I love it. So now, I I loved watching him. I don't know a lot about obviously New Japan like the other three hundred and sixty four days of the year, but there's definitely something to the fact that he's like an American guy, right? Or a he's, foreign. Well, he's from heel. He's New Zealand, but well, okay. Well, I didn't, he's a white guy, right? Well, yeah. He's Bullet not a Club. Japanese I mean, wrestler. Bullet Club yeah. is all foreign or uh, foreigners, except That's... I think they've had like a, a handful of Japanese. I think they have maybe one in there right now or so right. they, they might have like one or two, but it's pretty much, that's the whole point is it's a foreign faction. Right. And that's why it's and a real I... faction. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like every year I tune in and it's Chris Jericho. And then it's Kenny Omega. Like, it's always somebody. Well, Chris just Jericho's the never absolute... been in Bullet Club, but... Well, no, 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 no. I just mean, like, playing the big bad heel. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. AJ Styles, mm. you know? Like, yep. it's, it's always that, and I'm sure that plays a part in it. But it's still, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's... That's I, I like and... it, because, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, when there's feuds with two Japanese people... And they do those pre-packages. I'm like, well, I have no idea what's going on. So I like it when there's when there's an American guy there. So I'm like, okay, at least know half of this feud. I'm so glad you said that because they put the same they thing. put Japanese subtitles. Why? It's already in Japanese. Put English subtitles for us, man. I like, know, and you clearly, if you so have an annoying. English broadcast team, you can't. You can't put subtitles on the English track right. broadcast? Well, they don't. I've never the broadcasts are exactly the same. Like, that's why half the time they're showing the Japanese announcers and they're showing other things like that that the other announcers are not talking about because yeah. they just – they only do the, like, Japanese broadcast. Like, there's not, like, a separate thing – you know, there's not like a separate directing team or whatever mm-hmm. for for that. Yeah. So, so it's that. But but I just don't I don't understand the logic of having subtitles. The only thing I think of is there's just variations of the language or something that they have up there. Like I'm not I don't know exactly how the Japanese language mm. works, where there maybe are multiple types of it. I, I'm not maybe that's what it is. But uh, but it just seems dumb to put Japanese subtitles in something that's already spoken in Japanese. I mean, you have a high percentage English audience trying to yeah. watch. 
I mean, we're real stupid when it comes to this kind of stuff. It could be Korean subtitles. It could like, be. We it know. definitely could be. It could be. just I, be Chinese or Korean or like another major demographic in Asia. But we I still, clearly I don't know what we're talking like about. I feel like it would be but, a smaller demographic than the English-speaking fans yeah. watching. That's the thing, because you watch like the Naito video package on night one, and you're like, I bet these guys are saying some pretty interesting right. things, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. I don't. So I like it when there's... It, 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 and lately they've been doing that a lot where there's a, a some English speaking heel who's in the, the major matches. I mean, even, yeah. you know, even Okada and Osprey, you know, you got you got an English speaker in the thing. So it's nice. It's nice to see to see that at least just 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 personal preference for me to know at least yeah. half of what this what what's going on in this feud. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so I watched some of the uh, Tanahashi match from the from the first night a little bit and uh I watched some of the Kinta match the the Moxley promo was awesome I don't yeah. understand how he still has that belt I mean take it away from him he's never over <laughs> there he never defends it come on what what's the rule it's a 30 day thing why have we changed it for John Moxley Yeah well it makes sense just to me because I only watch this once a year so right. the he might he might only defend the title twice a year that that tracks for me just as much as I've seen yeah, but well, I he I hasn't defended it since that, like, February. So, whoo man! Well, I got the impression the kayfabe thing was look, this is the match for like the contract or whatever, like the rights right. to hold it. Yeah, that, but that's what they've been doing all year, right? But also, you got the impression that like at any given time, whenever they strip it of John Moxley, it would go to whoever held the briefcase. I think they did a good job of pretending that was the case until I Moxley guess. showed up and was like, "No, I'll fight one of y'all eventually." Yeah, we'll see. That was how he said it, right? Yeah, <laughs> No, he much. cut a very good promo. Pretty much. But uh, but yeah, the main thing I was watching, as with any New Japan thing, the main thing I care about more than anything else is watching Kazuchika Okada wrestle. And it always disappoints. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm always disappointed when he's not in the title picture. I'm sorry. I just, I just am. I understand. I understand how other people need to be in there. He's literally held the title longer than anybody ever. Like, I, I get it, but... Kazuchika Okada is just synonymous with the IWGP championship for me. He's the best champion I've ever seen with it. And uh, I'm kind of disappointed when he's not in, he hasn't been in the title picture recently. And that's just a little disappointing. But he's been doing this feud with uh, Osprey, which was a long time in the making. Because he's basically the one who brought Osprey into New Japan. Into his mm-hmm. faction, like, I don't remember, three years ago or whenever it was. And so, of course, you're going to have the one turn on. You know, I mean, that's just wrestling 101. When it comes to that, when you're trying to make a bigger star, that's just, that's just the way you do it. And, um, so I liked that. I liked that storyline and I'm not going to lie. The most impressed I was with anybody of the entire show was Will Ospreay in this match because Will Ospreay looked like an actual top guy heel wrestler, which I've never seen him because he's the ultimate flip flop, whatever, no sell doing all this ridiculous stuff that literally no one else could physically even do. Like that's right. been his thing. And so him not doing that and actually being a heel wrestler was awesome to watch. It was so it's it's the thing that bugs me about the Young Bucks where it's like you watch their New Japan match and you're like, they're amazing. Like they're this amazing tag team. But then they just don't choose to do that most of the time because they got big with their flip flop, you know, stuff in the indies because it's fun to watch. And so that's now what they most of the time have gone back to do for 
a good, eh, not not the whole time, but but a good bit in AEW. They've kind of gone back to that. So it's just seeing those type of wrestlers who you know are really good, but but they just kind of wrestle this style mostly, actually be able to pull off like more old, more traditional style professional wrestling is just really fun to watch. Like I thought he was great. I thought he was a great. He was vicious, mean streak. Like I I enjoyed it a lot. And obviously Okada, I've never seen wrestle bad ever. I've never seen him have a bad match and I've never seen him not be amazing. So that just goes without saying, but I really enjoyed their match a lot. And I thought it did a lot to push Osprey into that top level, like to push him more towards being, being maybe one of those next top foreign uh, heels, like near, you know, top guys. So I enjoyed it a lot. I'm glad you said that because this was going to be my follow up question. I agree. And this was, this was probably, this is kind of cheating, but but by the time I watched the main event of night two, it had been spoiled for me. So this was the yeah. match that I think I was most invested in just because I really didn't know what was going to happen. And I was really into both. I had the, night um, one spoiled for me. I, yeah. I was able to keep off night two, but I did have night one. I had uh, Obushi's match. The first one spoiled, but um, it was a um, I muted all the people that were like posting results and it was a random sports writer I followed that was like, uh, ah, Cody Obushi finally did it. And I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Like, you don't even tweet about this stuff. Yeah. But so I. Yeah, I loved this. I'm honestly a little surprised that he lost because I feel like as the heel, was you can get away with stealing one here. But yeah, you have a much higher opinion of Okada than I do. Not that I don't have a high opinion of him. Maybe that's not the right word, but like I thought, oh, well, he might lose. And I guess you watch more and you're a bigger fan of his. You're like, no, he's never going to lose. No, no, no. I mean, I think I still think he might. I'm not saying he couldn't have lost that match, but I didn't think he was going to lose a match. And I wouldn't have thought that would have been the right move, Mm. especially with this, because I as far as I know, this is Osprey's first quote unquote main event thing, like as a solo wrestler. So it's like you don't you don't have them win right off the bat. You know that you don't need to. You know, he went up there, he almost beat him. It was whatever, 30, 40 minute match and yeah. All, so, I, I you know, I I thought I thought it was perfect. I thought the match was paced perfectly. I thought they did exactly what they needed to do to get Osprey over um you know, you know, but obviously Okada it I mean, I, I, Okada's at a level where he's never going to it doesn't really matter. You know, like the Jerichos or stuff like that. They can have whatever match with basically anybody and it's not mm-hmm. going to hurt them whatsoever cuz they're just yeah. on that whole other level. But I thought the match was paced perfectly. And with the end, you have Osprey now, because again, when the heels lose, they then can be angry and, and you can like, you can go with that. You can move with that quite a bit. So, well, I don't know what it's going to lead to. I don't know if they're done. I don't know if they're, I assume not. I assume they, they'll keep going and do some else. And Osprey will probably win eventually. But anyway, I, I thought it was done perfectly. Yeah, yeah, I think you're on to something there. And I the Osprey turn was interesting. I didn't as has been established, I don't watch this a lot. Yeah. So I didn't know that he was this heel now. But they did a great job like catching you up on the story. And like you said, his half of the video package is in English, so that helps. They've given him an evil heel girlfriend, which is just a great like heat magnet yep. for anyone at any time. So I was like, ah, very good. All right. I think that's his real girlfriend. I could be wrong, but I think I think okay. it is. Well, either way, so he was very good at that. And, like, I've seen him – I want to say it was last year. Like, the story was, okay, he's leaving the junior heavyweight division behind and he's leveling up. Like, Right. I mean, that's the exact same – yeah, it's the same thing Omega did. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know Kenny did that. Oh, See, yeah. so no, that's... It, took, it took Kenny years for them to let him to that's not really be a cool. junior heavyweight. See, that's what I love about New Japan and that steady progression that gives everything a little bit of weight. So yeah. I, I don't know if this is just a negotiating tactic on Jay White's part or not, but I would not be shocked at all if he jumps ship to WWE and then Will Ospreay becomes the guy. Yeah, like I, I said, I that, that's what it seems like. It, it, you know, yeah, that progression seems definitely possible, yeah. if not likely, with the way they've been pushing Osprey for sure. Yeah. So that was probably, like I said, the match I was the most invested in, just because I, I didn't say, know the outcome. Yeah, go ahead. I, I will say I thought the finish they got a little bit too cute. I thought it it was a little bit too drawn out of a finish. I don't think we needed the like extra rainmaker spot in there. I thought I kind of liked that. I didn't I mind. That was yeah, good, I didn't. Like... I didn't. But I didn't mind it. But it just it seemed like it was a little bit excessive. Like at that point, I knew Okada was gonna win. So mm-hmm. doing that kind of extra thing, it was like uh, okay. Like we didn't we didn't need that. Like the point was there. The point was made. But anyway, but it wasn't bad by any means. It was still yeah, done and they, really well. They did a good job. Sorry, we'll move on from this in a second. But they did a very good job of like everything you just said, making it kayfabe, like saying, hey, it's kind of weird that Okaga is not in the title picture, right? Yeah. But anyway, it makes sense because he hates this guy and it's personal or whatever. But like two or three times they pointed out, they were like, yeah, this is uh, this is not where we're used to seeing Okada on the card. And I think they were there was a nice little subplot there where like he hasn't used the Rainmaker a lot recently. He's been yeah. using his submission, the money clip, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good name for a submission. I'm a sucker for stuff with clever, like sort of punny names. But I liked that second Rainmaker because I think that was a definitive like he's he's about to come back for that title. I think that's yeah, what yeah, that was. Yeah. That is this guy is well. Back. They build that too. They they build. They were like the winner of this match has pretty much put themselves back in uh-huh. the you know in the title picture. So re- I thought regardless. that second so that was Rainmaker was a really good character choice. Like no 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 no. I'm not playing around anymore. Like I'm back. Yeah, title yeah. He is back. Oh no, I didn't mean him doing the the two. I meant they anyway. That that's not what I meant. That, oh, okay. I well, liked it, I I liked that. I liked that. Fine. I, I meant like they they did like an extra false finish spot. Oh, in there. oh okay. But um, okay. anyway, it it doesn't matter because it was still it was still it was still great and all that was was really well done. I just want to see Okada with another entrance like we got to see last year, which is the my still my favorite entrance in the history of wrestling, other than Shawn Michaels ziplining down at WrestleMania twelve. That's still number one. But Okada's championship entrance against Ibushi last year is still like one of my most successful tweets from our Behind the Gorilla <laughs> thing because it's just a gif of those giant virtual screens that they had and those giant like like animated monsters that were up there. And then he like it was timed perfectly where he like comes out, the light hits him, he like points at both of them, they like crumble. It was like the coolest, it was the coolest thing I've ever seen, yeah. Harris. It was awesome. I remember that. It was oh. really cool. I've I haven't seen anything better since then. That was so amazing. I want to see that again. Then and, and just the fact that it's Okada as the champion just has this aura of nobody else. I don't think we've seen in wrestling in in any company in a very long time. With just that, when, when he's champion, it's just it's just another level of the guy that I've I've never seen before. So I really I like Okada. But um, anyway, enough of that match. Main event match. Ibushi and Naito, and uh, yeah, another, I mean, another awesome match, man, 
those i mean uh, i again it, it that's the thing every time if, if it's if it's wrestle kingdom unlike wrestlemania if it's wrestle kingdom you're like okay at least four of matches at least you know are gonna just be absolute barn burner amazing matches mm-hmm. they just are and this was no exception here's the the whole story with Ibushi, where he's been around for 15 years, never been able to be that guy. It's the same story we got from Naito last year, where he's been around for, you know, almost 20 years and can never win the big one, could never get to that thing, then finally did it. They pretty much did the same thing with Ibushi. Yeah, and can I just say, it's astonishing that he's been around that long, like 15 years, and never did it. He is mm-hmm. the most... This is this isn't like an actual criticism. This is a nitpick, very much so. He is so action figure perfect. Yep. He is just absolutely stacked. His neck yeah. is so thick. That's what I kept thinking watching him just throw himself on it over and over. Freaking and over traps again. are just, like the size of oh, grapefruits. Ridiculous. But it's astonishing to me that he's been around that long and never won the title because he's just so built for this yeah it's and again this is not a real criticism this is more of a nitpick especially because i'm not that familiar with the product but it was almost like the like roman reigns problem where they keep trying to book him as an underdog despite the fact that he's clearly like one of the most jacked people on the entire program and they don't do that anymore Well, he's not the biggest though like he's still no, but shorter like, you know than, what I mean? than like, most of the still, other big guys so like John Cena too. Like they're like, oh, defy the odds. And you're like, yeah, but also look at him. <laughs> it's astonishing to me. And it's you know that's not to yeah. make it bad. And obviously, I don't know all that backstory. But I think with Naito last year, it worked a little bit more because he always struck me as like sort of a Dean Ambrose kind of vibe. Obviously, Moxley's had the title for almost a year since then. But like you, you just you look at him and you're like, okay, I can see why this is like the B-roll guy, like the cool, tough, yeah, undercard, intercontinental level fighter. So that level of ascendancy, I just sympathize with him a little more because you look at Kota Ibushi and you're like, well, yeah, this guy's 22 and he's just going to beat everybody. Right. I, not knowing that history, it was a little harder for me to get into. It's still two awesome matches, obviously, but Ibushi is like the perfect white meat babyface look. Yep. Like, yes. it's it is. And, and that's kind of the I mean, I, I assume again, it's hard to tell without subtitles with any of this stuff, <laughs> but that's what I I feel like that's mostly what his character is, except for the fact that he calls himself God now. So that's a little not babyface-ish. So I'm it's not a, exactly it's a little sure. Weird. I'm not exactly sure what exactly yeah, I, his thing I thought is. The same, and like it's also it would make more sense if it was Okada, I feel like, doing yeah. that. I don't know. Like you're gonna do that after you win the title your first time? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I that is a nitpick. That is fair. That is fair. But again, yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm not exactly sure exa- everything about Ibushi's kayfabe character, but, um, I mean, it never fails, man. The dude can, again, I mean, him and Omega were the th- were the, the pairing, and they're both very similar wrestlers where they can just do everything. Yeah. With everyone. You know what? You know what I loved? If we, I'm going to talk about night two as well. If we just talk about both of the Kota Ibushi matches, because that was kind of one storyline. I loved that he had a spot in New Japan Pro Wrestling in the Tokyo Dome, like the smarkiest pay per view of the year, and he did a whole spot where he hulks up and just goes yeah. super Cena, and everyone was just like, "Yeah, this is great. I love it." <laughs> and it was like it was really really cool. Yeah, but he literally 
literally, literally in like the most straight face, like sports centric promotion on the planet just did that thing where he was like, I'm just going to let Jay White hit me until he tires himself out. And then he did. And it was awesome. I will say I though, that was, that, that is, was my favorite sequence of that match. Just but, the way he sold it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I will say that is like a, a spot in New Japan. That That is not necessarily the hulking up thing, but like the, all right, we're just going to sit here and hit each other back and forth and see who breaks first. Like that is a spot where they'll do that. Like even, you know, as part of the sports thing that, that, you know, that, that is kind of a thing. So it's maybe not quite as odd as you might think, but, but yeah, but that extra level of, of the, the hulking up thing is, is definitely unique a a little bit of a twist with and now that's the kind of thing where like him looking the way he does like naito couldn't pull that off because kota ibushi just looks so much like a superhero yeah that when like he's down on the ground and this is this is the thing that i remember the most is jay white just kicking him real gently in the face over and over and over again and he just goes stone-faced that was great. That was really. What do you mean really kicking fun. him slightly? He was destroying him in the face. He had a boot well, print on his face. I'm pretty sure he was taunting him with it at one point, but I might be misremembering that. Either way, maybe there I are two just, different. I, maybe we're thinking of two different spots. I think so, but that I loved be. that sequence because it was just so purely like cartoony in the best possible way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we're talking about if we're talking about the other main event, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I, I thought that was. I thought by far that was the best match of the whole, whole Wrestle Kingdom, and and the reason was was because of Jay White. Jay White played that match so, just textbook perfect for a heel in a big match. It w- it was amazing, especially because this is his first one, first yeah. time, and like like you would never think that in a million years with the the way he pulled that off. Like right from the start, it was always he constantly had that top heel pers- like just the the way about him his demeanor everything was there and it was oh man it was just a master class of heel work in in that match because again it worked that that's one thing where it really benefited them doing the uh him not having to wrestle the first night and Ibushi mm-hmm. in this 45 minute match with Naito because then you can easily have the heel then just dictate the match perfectly especially mm-hmm. when the heel's the challenger and then you can still have the baby face beat down having to come back even if they're the favorite because – like it's just – it's really smart. It's just really smart booking with that, especially with a quote-unquote you know, first-time guy in the main events as the heel. Um, I just think everything about that fit into the storytelling perfectly. And then Jay White just led that whole match and was just outstanding. Outstanding, just outstanding work, and then Ibushi just playing off of him perfectly, and both dudes looked like a billion dollars by the end of that match, and it was, uh, it was literally one of those matches where you're like, it, the, the end really does not matter. Like the winner of this match does not matter at all. It, that's just how good it was. Yeah, it was awesome. That's what I, that's what I tune in for, man, and that's what I, I need to try and find more of before my uh, subscription expires. But that's what I love about this promotion. Yeah. Is it can tell stories like that and it doesn't mind taking its time, not only in the matches, but just in the build up to the matches, even if it's just night to night. I think that's the other thing I love about it being two nights is 
you get to see some continuity. It's not just one eight hour long show. Yeah. As somebody who only watches once a year, I still get to tune in tomorrow for the exciting conclusion. That's really fun. I like that. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. I, I, I get exactly what you're, what you're saying. And, um, yeah, I totally agree. It's just fun. And it's one of those things where like, yeah, like you said, they're not afraid to, they're not afraid of match pacing because it is true. I mean, you know, the first 15, 20 minutes of a major, one of these matches, nothing really happens. Like it's, it's, a, it's the build up to, you know, the match, which just most people, because of our generation's attention span, which to be fair is very, very short. And, and even sometimes I kind of have a little bit trouble paying attention for the first five or 10 minutes of some of these matches because of how they're mm-hmm. paced. But you just keep, you know, you just stick to it. You keep going and then by freaking 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you're just hooked in like no other wrestling match can get you. So it really is. You just have to bide your time, go through it. And most most companies, especially, t- you know, cable TV and stuff like that, just don't have the patience to mm-hmm. uh, to to build to that. But, yeah, it's good things come to those who wait, man. You build through these matches and the longer and longer it goes, even if you feel, oh, this is kind of slow and nothing's really happening. It's it's all part of the process. And, you know, by about halfway through these long matches, you're just sucked in and then you can't look away. Yeah, and this is um this will be the last thing I say and then I think we can move on, but New Japan in general. I love NXT, but the finisher spam in the last like 6 months to a year has gotten No, 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 it's been more it's been a couple years. Well, that's okay. Well, I was just going to say in the last 6 months to a year it started to lose me. Oh, okay, it, well, it lost me like 2 years ago. Not that it's gotten bad. I love it. like these matches are hard fought and the finishers are a big deal. And they don't hit them all the time. No, because the, the finisher show of the ends year. the and match. And it, but it, that's what I'm saying. And that's what I love is when they hit it, you're like, whoa. Ho, ho. And it has yep. a lot of weight. Yep. And I know I say that every year, and that's not really a new point, especially to anybody who's enough of a dork about wrestling to listen to this podcast. You probably know that already. But remains being said, it's so refreshing to watch. It's really yes, fun. Yes, it is. That is another thing that I absolutely love about New Japan they respect the finishes, and also oh. the, the other good thing about the other I'm good glad thing you said that because we're going to touch on that in my okay. topic today. The Continue. other good thing about this show is again, false finishes work in shows like this. Like in matches like this, you can have someone kick out of a finisher. Like when it's built up and it's a forty-minute match, and and then you do it, it's like then it's a big deal like it matters it helps the match when you're in, when you're on the weekly show and it's a 12 minute match and they've kicked out of two finishers by the end it's like that does not help anybody it doesn't help anybody it cheapens the the people and the moves and it doesn't work false finishes pretty much only work in these big show big matches and that's what uh that's what new japan saves them for and that's where they're most effective for sure. Uh, oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's going to segue beautifully later. Anyway, uh, can we also just talk about how the name Switchblade is like one of the best wrestling nicknames ever? And why had nobody done that before? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's why does awesome. He, I mean, did he just kind of adopt it because he thinks he sounds cool? Like, is there a kayfabe explanation I have for that? No he idea. doesn't need one, but yeah. I, no, I've never known. I've always, I, I don't, I, I just, 
I, ever since he came in New Japan, I, I, that's been his name as far as I know. Yeah. I don't know where it came from, but I just think it's awesome. I think it's perfect. Oh, it's, it's very good. Yeah, he's got no, the tights I, I with the it. slash mark. Like it's just it's it's a great it's a great look and it's a great I'm, name. I'm really really excited for when he comes to America and has a crossover match with Jay Lethal because it's going to be like <laughs> that classic we got on Dark this week. It's going to be oh man, oh, we're going to have a funny. series of these wrestlers. Harris is confused for one another. <laughs> that's great. Um, it <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Um, all right. Uh, what are we going to talk about the first night of New Year's Smash? Uh, I'll be honest with you, Mark. I only have one really strong thought about this, and then I'll let you talk, and I can just kind of chip in. Okay. Uh, they did that thing again where Sting shows up, and then Taz and his four gigantic wrestlers and one small one just run like they're like the Scooby Doo crew, and they've seen a ghost. At some point, they got to do something, man. Sting's scary, man. I was trying to be generous last week because I was like, look, the death of Brody Lee, like you might have to tweak your programming, stretch it out another week. I get it. They haven't even tried to beat him up at this point yet. Like it'd be one thing if they tried and he got the drop on him with a baseball bat. But at some point, Taz, buddy, I can't take you seriously anymore. This man is 60 years old. There are like two people, three people <laughs> in your faction who are gigantic. Darby Allen's the size of like an eighth grader, like the five of you against the two of them. I'm not saying you would win, but you should be down to like try those odds at this point. <laughs> Look, I, I don't know, I, man. I agree I'm tired with, of it. it I agree with everything you're saying, and I don't care. Um, <laughs> now that being said, I kind of hope they just do it every week for like three more months. <laughs> I kind of hope it becomes like a running gag where they just refuse to ever, ever, ever engage with Sting. I love that. It. Would also be very funny. I love it. Um. Anyway. I thought that was great. I, I liked the weigh-in thing because I do like how Brian Cage is 100 pounds heavier than Darby Allen because he oh, is. Oh, that was very good. And yeah, I, I love idea. it. I love it. That's awesome. I think that's great. I'm like, Darby Allen literally weighs the same as me. <laughs> exactly. What's his kayfabe weight? That, do you remember? That, that's pretty much his weight. Yeah, that pretty much is No, what did weight. they say? Like, I'm oh, literally 170. Asking, what was the num- <laughs> yeah, he's that's 170 pounds. He's like 5'8", five, yep. like five, 5'9". Five, He's my yep. he's he's like an inch <laughs> taller than me and literally weighs the exact same as me. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, and Brian it. Cage is a freaking m- mountain of just pure beef who's mm-hmm. 270 pounds of pure it has like 1% body fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just an oh, absolute that's incredible. I love the way they've set this up. Again, I like it. I kind of like it when the underdog is the champion. It's just an interesting dynamic because then you really don't know what's going to happen. You're like, I would assume they would keep the title on Darby at this point, but mm-hmm. I don't see, you know, how are they going to have him win? It's like, I I like that. I think that's interesting. And so I'm really looking forward to that match coming up on, uh, coming up on Wednesday. So I enjoyed that a lot. I loved getting to see Matt Seidel wrestle in a big match because he hasn't gotten to do anything basically since coming to. Well, they gave AEW. him one spot. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm poor, sorry, poor I guy, he's man. Capable of more than that, but my word, poor that guy. was just Shockmaster levels. But of I'm like just bad saying, luck. hey. But at this point, you're oh. the only one who really remembers. Like, it's nobody talks about. It. Like, everyone has I moved know. past it because we know how awesome freaking Matt Seidel is. So <sighs> I enjoyed getting to see him wrestle Cody, and uh, and that that was that that was fun. I enjoyed that match. I enjoyed that match quite a bit. Um, but uh, and the the I'm not gonna lie, Harris. Snoop Dogg was there. 
and Snoop Dogg just freaking steals the show, man. Every time he's there, he's just the best because you know he's having so much fun. You can tell when guest people in wrestling really enjoy being there, and it makes it Mm -hmm. so much more enjoyable. And Snoop Dogg loves being out there. Now, to be fair, Snoop Dogg, I feel like, just loves doing anything, but... That was awesome. I loved watching him at the like on the you know in the corner of Cody. It was hilarious. And then he jumps off the top rope. The man is like fifty years old, made of just skin and bones, and is jumping off the top rope. Harris, it was awesome. Four twenty, four twenty splash. I heard somebody called it. There were a lot of great <laughs> names floating around out there That's for what good. Snoop Dogg's finisher is. That's but that was my favorite name. one. That is awesome. I agree with I agree with that. That's great. But I loved it. I had a lot of fun with Snoop Dogg on on the show. I am have they? It. Yeah, no, that I agree. Are they going to do anything with Shaq? Was that just a one week tease? Dude, it's not going I anywhere. No, I don't. Oh man, I, I don't care. Shaq doesn't care either. So he's those people. I don't care. I get it. You know, I get it. It it helps the company, whatever. But eh. Nah, I don't care. Hey, Mark, yeah. hang on. This is not about wrestling, but I need to tell somebody I'm witnessing this with my own two eyes. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm watching the, the Saints game is on Nickelodeon right now uh-huh. as I'm watching. And they just did like a side by side comparison with Alvin Kamara and his like season stats and uh, Alvin the Chipmunk from Alvin and the Chipmunks. Mm hmm. Okay, the Saints scored a touchdown, and they're spraying CGI green slime into the end zone. This broadcast is incredible. I'm sorry. I just needed to tell somebody that so I <laughs> knew that I wasn't losing Man, my spoilers, mind. spoilers. I'm watching on CBS, and they haven't even scored yet. Oh, wow, really? Well, that's that's Nickelodeon for you, man. It's premier broadcasting. Anyway. Clearly. Anyway, anyway. But anyway. You don't that care was about fun. Jack, That's fine. Yeah, I mean, but I get it. You know, I'm not like anti, you know, I'm all angry that they're do- like, I get it. I totally understand. I totally get did you it. ever did you ever buy that pizza shirt? No, or did you? No, no, no. Ah. I didn't get enough. Uh, didn't get enough likes on. It, so, nope. Uh, well, that's probably you, all of our Twitter followers failed me. Follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla <laughs> and on Instagram at behind underscore gorilla. Let's throw that in the middle of the show. Uh, Wardlow and Jake Hager was fun. I enjoyed that match a lot. The really good big guy match, and I like that Wardlow finally got to win because it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. he needs to win. Like he's awesome, and he never gets to win. So that was, that was good. Moxley was back. That was a lot of fun, of course. You know, with Kenny Omega talking about that, and uh, mm-hmm. um, there was the Bucks SCU versus Acclaimed, and I think T T. Oh shoot, what was the name of them? What is and Helico and Hybrid Two? That's the name of that tag team. That was fine. Good opener. But uh I didn't watch the women's title match. I'm sorry. I, I just I I just didn't. I didn't I didn't care. I, I, I liked the doing an Abaddon, I guess, but I, I still didn't care. Um, I feel bad. I probably should have because I'm the one who's yeah. complained the most about their women's wrestling, but I didn't watch all of the show this week and I just yeah. didn't get around to it. Hurt good things. I'm sure, sure it's fine. Sure. We got um but, Serena Deeb or no Yeah, yeah. She's she the NWA, NWA title. That's yeah, next yeah, yeah. week, right? I think okay, so. Well, I'll watch yeah. that one. Uh, Tay Conti, I think, is challenging yeah. for it, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. But um, and then of course we had a title match: Kenny Omega's first title defense with Ray Phoenix, and that was another great match. And the Bullet Club reunited. Harris, 
Yeah, are they allowed to call them that? I don't no, think they no, are. No, they don't call them that. <laughs> they, they, what did they call them? The band? I, hope, I think they called them the band. Uh, I hope but, it's uh, something real bootleg. I hope it's like the ammunition gang or something. <laughs> just ridiculously, like, that would be stupidly knockoff. That's that what I'm hoping great. for. I, I think but they've, they still... they've just been calling them the band, unfortunately. But, yeah. but yeah, we got to see the Good Brothers in AEW. That was That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun getting to see them. And then the Bucks came out and the Bucks turned heel. I'm assuming that means they turned heel. So it's like, it's about time. I hate you anyway. Right. Uh, and uh, so I'm... I think that's a long time coming and I align with Kenny Omega. And that's interesting now moving forward. I don't know what's going to happen now. They're, AEW keeps doing this, man, where you're like, wow, okay. Now, <clears throat> now I want to see what happens next. Yeah, I dig it. I, I'll be honest with you. I think I, I made my feelings pretty clear the first episode of impact they did that crossover i was like this is pretty bush league i'm not impressed but the more they roll with it and the more you can do things like hey we have this faction the ammunition gang that's across two two, different shows like that makes it feel like a lot bigger of a deal i don't know if i'll buy that impact pay-per-view where i'm not but you know i i don't know i I might try to tune in for it because i like that crossover the trios match they're gonna have that'll be cool but yeah. Yeah. No, I was happy with that. And I'll I be also honest, liked I also like Phoenix. Gonna... I like the way they uh, they they booked Phoenix. Like they made Phoenix look look like a top a top and guy I, with that match. The other thing I enjoy about this, correct me if I'm wrong, but like there's a kayfabe rationalization for all these title shots, which is like like for this one, he was supposed to wrestle Phoenix in right. the tournament to get to the number one contendership. He got right. injured, had to miss it. So yep. I I love that. I love that they're mm-hmm. paying that much attention. And are creating some internal reason for this to happen. Yep. That's really cool. I like that a lot. That's not the kind of thing you see from a lot of other promotions, but they're clearly like, well, we can't just have title shots willy nilly just because this is a big week. But instead of having to do a number one contender battle royal or whatever, which is like kind of the go to move, they look at like the history of their characters in Kayfabe and we're like, oh, well, here's a reason we can give this guy a title shot. Like it makes sense in the fictional world they've created. And I just, you don't always get that, man. That was no. a great touch. That was, that was probably my favorite little nugget of this episode. Yeah. 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 I agree. Made a lot of sense. So, uh, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. I was shocked with how low the wrestling ratings were for this week. It was like both, both shows had like 600 and something thousand people last, last week's impact or, uh, yeah. last week's AEW was like 900 and something thousand for the Brody Lee show. And then you this one, it was that, like 600 and something. But it, I mean, I understand how that would be high, but like that was a massive drop off. Do you think that might have something to do with what happened on Wednesday afternoon? Well, I mean, I guess that's fair. <laughs> I, I'm pretty pat- sure everyone and, was watching uh, the news that night and not wrestling. Well, that could, yeah, that could have uh, had something to do with it. But, I think that's what it was. Yeah, well, WWE Hall of Famer Donald Trump. Woo. wrecking wrestling ratings yet again i can't believe we haven't done it. i honestly if i had been smarter i would have like done something to do with him so we yeah. could capitalize and like maybe that's how we would you know go viral but oh man maybe, maybe in we, a few did, weeks. we did miss up on it see that's why we, we suck got, we suck no, promoting we, man we've got another week or two before he's you know leaves office we can't tag him on twitter anymore <laughs> mark we missed our chance <laughs> We had four years and we blew it. Oh, well. Oh, you're right. That's a good point, too. 
Oh man, I'm telling you, we we've, we've missed the boat on a lot of stuff recently. That's that's a shame. Oh. Uh, anyway. All right, we can get into a topic now. We've we've okay. rambled on for almost an hour, so uh, go go for it, Harris. Harris has right. a topic for us. All right. So I I started out, and yeah, if I had been smarter, I would have we would have found another Donald Trump angle to cover, but I didn't think about it by Wednesday because I was watching the news Wednesday night, but. Yeah, I I thought initially because I've got New Japan World for at least another month. I thought, oh well, I should find like the worst New Japan match or a bad New Japan match or the worst Wrestle Kingdom match, you know. And I started looking around, and there's some stuff out there that people say is pretty bad. But at the end of the day, I just didn't have time to crank through all of it myself. So I turned to my old friend who I probably should put on this podcast Hall of Fame because they've inspired me for like. 17 different episodes, but I returned to the column Historically Significant Disasters of Wrestling by one Vectron44 on CagesideSeats.com, and I was looking around for angles or matches that we haven't covered before on this show, things that I could somehow tie into Wrestle Kingdom being this weekend, and then I found what I'm going to go ahead and call just the anti-Wrestle Kingdom, like in every sense of the word, and I don't mean like oh, the work rate's bad, because there's a lot of matches you can talk about where the work rate's bad. I mean the anti-Wrestle Kingdom match in the sense that, like, they're trying to do a lot of the things that we've already talked about today. They're trying to elevate, like, a mid-carder into the main event level, like, serious contender status. They're trying to put the put the pin on this months-long slow build to establish this character as a main event guy. And the conclusion should naturally be, oh, well, if he can hit this finisher, that's super impressive, and the match is over, and this guy's gotten over, right? That's the goal, unless you're AEW, but yeah. Right, or unless you're WWE in the uh, early 2010s, we're going all the way back to the dark, dark days of WrestleMania 29 (laughs) for what I will consider one of the most anti-Wrestle Kingdom <laughs> matches of all time. This is the same. This, this is Wrestle, not... WrestleMania matches. Yeah, well, well, here's the thing. Like, I'm thinking of Wrestle Kingdom as I'm browsing for these matches. And this is at WrestleMania. This could be a big deal. This could really elevate this superstar. And they they make some choices that are, oh, are just yeah, I know. I know where we're going. Do you really? Okay, so... I think. Like, I think I know where this we're going. This is not... Like, this isn't a terrible, like, we've covered things like Jerry Lawler versus Michael Cole, where it's just a farce, right, from minute one. I'm so mad you did that. This didn't have to be that. These are two, like, pretty good, potentially competent, like, this could be a WrestleMania moment, capital, you know, moment. And this is not a terrible WrestleMania. Like, you know, John Cena's fighting The Rock for the second time. and Not a good time. Yeah, people were pretty much over that. The first match was way better. Or no, 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 sorry. No, 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 this was the good match. The first match was the one that sucked because The Rock wasn't in shape. This one was actually better than the first one. But everyone's like, everyone's kind of over it, right? Like CM Punk's title reign just ended so we could have this match again. Oh, yeah, they made it for the title. Oh, Mm -hmm. they put the Mm -hmm. title on The Rock. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot all about. Didn't mean that. to make you mad all over again. The episode's not even oh. about. That. I'm just trying to paint the picture, like coming into this oh, night. I hate The Rock so much. For those so three some... years that he ruined wrestling. Oh man, he ruined so our WrestleMania and then ruined the next two other years of wrestling and then ruined CM Punk's reign. This should have been my topic. We're not even Gosh. talking about this. I'm just painting the picture here. So that, you know, there's some. The Rock sucks. The, the only point I'm making here is that this is not like when people think of the worst WrestleManias of all time, this is not really on that particular top 10 list, but this match kind of should be, this is, um, this is Ryback versus Mark Henry y'all. Oh, now, never mind. I did not know where you were going. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the wrong WrestleMania. Oh boy. I forgot that this okay. was even a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's not talked about more. I don't I'm remember kind of this at why, all, but... Harris. I have zero okay. memory oh, good, of this good, whatsoever. Good, good, good. Okay, so I probably just... didn't even watch it at the time. Probably not. <laughs> well, let's just let's recap the ride up until this point, right? Because they debut Ryback, and like he'd had a little bit of an on and off thing. He was on Tough Enough originally, which we could probably do an episode on that. He was in the original Nexus, the original NXT run, then the original Nexus. Oh, what was it? Uh, he was Skip Sheffield. Skip Sheffield. What a that great was the name. jobber name. That was that the is name. Just... It's not as good as Husky Harris, though. Yeah, maybe, but Skip Sheffield is just the most, like, he's one and 2,726 in his career, like that kind of jobber name. I love it. I love it so much. Doomed from the start. All those names of those Nexus guys were just doomed, and fortunately, a handful of them were able to repackage with another character, but good lord, Michael McGillicuddy, Husky Husky Harris, Skip Sheffield, (laughs) what is wrong with... Who who has let Vince McMahon run this ship? Like that's one of those moments where you're just like, this man is a genius, and it's just so hard to believe. Again, Vince McMahon is the most amazing single individual in the history of planet Earth. He just he is because right. you got a guy who thinks Michael McGillicuddy is a good name, and then you have the guy who thought of WrestleMania. How can that be coming out of the same brain? It's the same person. Well, here's the thing: just to flip it all the way back. He's then repackaged and redebuts as Ryback. Yeah. Which is a little silly on his face, but if you look at him and you see him come to the ring, you're like, yeah, no, that's a Ryback. Like, that makes sense. He is an <laughs> He does animal. look like a Ryback. He's Whatever an that animal. is. He is jacked. And I, I think what it is is, you know, his name is Ryan Reeves. And it's a combination, a portmanteau, if you will, of Ryan yeah. and a silverback gorilla. Because, again, sure. he's an animal. So, again, it sounds a little silly on paper, but if you look up a picture of this man and you watch him walk into the ring, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a Ryback. Yeah. That, that makes a fits. lot of sense. It fits. And they're booking him. You know, like, it's not particularly original, but that can still work. They're just booking him like Goldberg, like a new age 2010s Goldberg. He just comes out yeah, and Harris, kills do you mind? Jobbers. Do you mind if I just step in for just one Yeah, second. yeah, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. All right. Goldberg was the biggest success WCW ever had as far as building up an original person. By far. It's not even a close mm-hmm. second. One of yep. the, the biggest debut character probably in the history of wrestling as far as like the speed at which he debuted and then was the most over person in the company. We've never seen anything like it. It's never happened before. WWE hates it so much that th- that they were able to do that. They have tried... <laughs> No less than at least 20 times in the last 20 years (laughs) to do the exact same thing with like 20 different people. Harris, do you know how many times it has worked? The answer is zero. Do you know how many times it's even been okay? The answer is zero. 
it never works. It's garbage. Oh. It's trash. It's horrible. I mean, you go from he, they've done it with Ryback. They've done it with Roman Reigns. They've done it with Rusev. They did it with uh, um, oh shoot, what was it? Vladimir Kozlov. They did it for he was oh, the was biggest for my time. That was like a year where he was undefeated. I mean, they they literally tried. They've tried it ad nauseum. They've tried so hard. Whenever they get some big guy, they're like, oh, well, let's make a Goldberg. And it doesn't work. It doesn't okay. work. It's never going to work again. Wrestling has changed. The fans have changed. It won't work again. Why do they keep okay. doing it? Well, let me let me just nitpick with you for a second there, because like I would argue there's a difference between creating a monster that goes on an undefeated streak and literally taking a big jacked bald man with a little bit of stubble and having him hit like his move set was similar. Like yeah. you can, you, you can have Umaga go undefeated for like a year or Rusev go undefeated for a year, but the fans are not going to be watching their squash matches going Goldberg, <laughs> yeah, which is what is they true. were doing yeah. with Ryback. <laughs> Because yes, everyone yes. was like, oh, they're doing the Ryback thing. Oh, no, or, I'm, I'm not sorry, saying that this thing. wasn't a different level. I agree with yeah. you. I'm just saying they have tried yeah. that same type of formula many, many times. Because as we all know, Vince Man really, really hates when something works that wasn't <laughs> his. And so this is just well, this is the most blatant example of this being attempted. <laughs> and everyone knew it. And so they reacted accordingly. Well, and I'm going <laughs> to... I wasn't a fan for all of this run, but I can see how, like, to me, I don't mind this. I have no problem with this. This is what, like, NXT, when it's good, does really well. You can introduce a character, have them kill enhancement talent for, like, three months, and that in and of itself is compelling enough to say, okay, well, what's going to happen when this person gets in a ring with somebody else? Yeah. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise, but what this all built to was clearly meant to be a slower Goldberg-esque winning streak. And knowing Vince and knowing all the things you just said, they probably would have liked to have him like beat Goldberg's undefeated streak and give him all the shine and try to talk about how he was better. <laughs> but they don't. It doesn't come to that. Not nope. because they thought better of it, uh, but because John Cena got hurt and CM Punk's the champion and he needs a title contender at Hell in a Cell. And rather than, you know, oh, doing no, that. No, I like, don't want to talk about that. That's the we're not one. Talk about that's my, this that's is... my long forgotten live wrestling event that I went to. Oh, you were there. Dude, you have had a horrible run. Oh, that's incredible. No, no, no. It's not even me. It's Atlanta. <sighs> WWE. Vince McMahon hates Atlanta. He always has. And he constantly books horrible shows every time they come to Atlanta. You know how many good WWE shows I've ever seen? Zero. None. The best I've you know what the best show I've probably ever seen live from WWE was and I'm not even going to lie it's probably the the Muppets episode of Raw. It's probably <laughs> the best one if we're being honest. It probably oh, is. Now the gosh. WrestleMania of course was WrestleMania and we had you know, one of my favorite matches of all time. And there was a couple decent matches with that show, but ultimately not good. The rump now that's a lie. The, the the first Rumble show that I went to was pretty good until Edge ruined. Right until the end. So that's like ninety five percent of a good show. Yeah, most of it was good, and yeah. Uh, yeah. and it's considered one of the top ten Royal Rumbles of all time. Yeah, you know, people, it was a good one. The, the Shawn Michaels moment, you know, it was it was you have yeah. CM Punk preaching to everyone. It, it was a good, yeah. It was, yeah, it was good. Yeah. But yeah, other than that. No, it's been trash. Every show, every episode of Raw, the 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 freaking Hell in a Cell, the Survivor Series, it's just nothing but bad shows in Atlanta. I mean, Vince hates Atlanta, uh, and he's always going to try and book it crap. Oh anyway, man, that's well, a sidebar there. 
you know, I, 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 but yes, I was at that. And, I was at that show. I don't remember funny. a single thing that happened. I remember CM Punk wrestled right back for the title in the cell. I think big show had a match. I know he was on the card. Cause I went to eat. I went to get something to eat and I don't remember a single other match. I, I don't remember. I'd have to look it up. Oh, that's funny. Well, I listen, I couldn't tell you, this is all still just backstory. This is all to say like, <laughs> They're 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 clearly trying to do this long form like let this guy get to like a hundred and oh and it's gonna be a big thing and then we're gonna put him in the title match with John Cena or like whatever we'll never know because John Cena got hurt they might have thought they were saving the show who knows by saying all right well we'll put Ryback in there against CM Punk except Ryback kind of to continue the Goldberg analogy not like like really green at this point yeah. And it what like the phenomenon wasn't quite as there because it wasn't an original gimmick at this point. So then you throw him in a match with CM Punk, and like the only entertaining thing to come out of it is that like CM Punk hates him and would trash him <laughs> on a podcast a few years later. That was pretty That's funny. That's true, yeah. But he true. just like so he he just loses, like just as he was starting to get a little bit of that, you know, old school slow monster squash match speed going on. He loses to punk, loses to punk again later, again. Punk does not like working with him. That's the only real important thing to take away here. Other than Goldberg's – I keep calling him Goldberg and I don't mean to. Ryback's <laughs> momentum has been pretty much completely squandered. All so the like, fans called him that too, so you're, that's uh, fair. Yeah, they did. They did. So he's – he kind of got cut off at the knees. He's lost a few matches to Punk at this point and Cena as we get into the new year. The Shield is debuted and they're beating everyone up and they're beating him up and he can't. He can't get a win over the Shield to save his life. Finally, in the buildup, you know, a few weeks before WrestleMania, he finally turns heel on John Cena, which is like a fair thing to do at this point in, yeah. in WWE. Nobody was going to blame you that much for that. And he, he like he, he just he blames John Cena for not helping him with the Shield and for, you know, stifling his career momentum like all the reasons anyone's ever turned heel on john cena really i'm tired of you having the spotlight that sort of thing yeah but of course he's ryback and it's you know it's 2013 so he can't get a win over cena either so he moves on into a feud with mark henry and this is where if i'm writing the show or if you're looking at this from like a strategic point of view you say oh okay i get it we 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 burned this guy out a little quicker than we needed to we want him to be, even if he's not going to be a Goldberg-level phenomenon, because like you just said, like the fans were never going to buy that, especially the hardcore like old WCW fans. But you can turn this guy into a force again. You can build him back up into something worth feuding with for The Rock or for John Cena or CM Punk or whoever sure. inevitably holds the title in another six months. I will months. say, the Feed Me More thing got over. Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't... I got over. And I think at this point, you could honestly do him a little bit better because you can get Feed Me More over. You can – this yeah. guy is a freak. This guy is an animal. Like you can get him over as a freak without having to do the Goldberg thing. So maybe now mm -hmm. that you know, you've know kind of you blown that, let's go ahead and build him into something else. So we're going to put him in a WrestleMania match with the world's strongest man. Can he get him up for the shell shock? And then when he does, it's going to be great. It's going right. to be like Hogan slamming Andre. Like, it's not going to be that good, obviously. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be a comparable moment. This is going to uh, be something. You, you, just, for the you next... corrected yourself so fast. That was very funny. Well, no, I just, I, well, because I knew you were about to say something. 
Hey, I, I'm like, not someone who's going to jump on that as much as everyone else listening, so that's funny. But this is the kind of thing that once he has a match with the world's strongest man, and he gets him up for the shell shock, and he hits it, like, he could brag about it, or he right. could get a manager who could brag about it for, like, two months. Like, you can build off of this and turn this guy into a force again. And they, they're really, they're playing this up leading into the match. So at this point, Ryback's kind of a heel, right? Like he turned on Cena a while ago, but he's, you know, he's not Jay White or anything. Like he's not that good of a heel, but I think, so Booker T is the like authority figure at this point. And it doesn't really matter except for the fact that like leading up to WrestleMania, Rather than a contract signing, Booker T has put in like a no contact clause. So these two guys can't beat each other up before WrestleMania, which right. is like smart in kayfabe. But it leads to the hilarious like go home segment, which isn't actually on the go home segment because this is on the undercard and there's some bigger stuff going on. But two weeks before WrestleMania, in lieu of a contract signing or like a pull apart brawl or any of like the actual things we're used to seeing in wrestling, they have a bench press contest. <laughs> And that's not, like <laughs> yeah. I forgot all about that. <laughs> and it's not like it's oh. not as bad as Triple H and Scott Steiner like having a pose down before their title match. <laughs> it's just kind of silly, but you can tell they're clearly like, all right, we're gonna build Ryback up as this big strong hoss, right? So they have Mark Henry. It's 225, it's NFL Combine style. Who can bench press 225? The most times. Yeah. And I have here a news clipping from bleacherreport.com dated March 27th, 2013. From WWE, they quote the press release. Mark Henry and Ryback broke the NFL scouting combine record for the 225 pound bench press with a stunning 53 repetitions each during a sold out television taping of SmackDown in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if that I I don't know if that was gimmicked or not. I feel like that's not really something you want to risk. I, I didn't do a lot it. of research into that. Yeah, it kind of makes sense, right? You're like, whoa, well, they're it's weird that they're dunking on the NFL, but then you're like, no, I mean, a strong man like Mark Henry, right? Like, it's could, a little different than yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Mark yeah. Henry literally won the world's strongest man competition. I mean. The dude right. is going to be stronger than an NFL player. <laughs> well, so but this is where I, I'm not sure what they were, if how gimmicked it might have been or not. Because Mark Henry goes up and hits 53. There's a ref there. Scott Armstrong is officiating the bench press competition, <laughs> which is a weird little touch. But I'm not like, going to lie. I do like the thing in wrestling where officials will be the official for random other competitions. Yeah. I do really enjoy that. Yeah, I'm just realizing how funny that is. But because he, he he's asked to give an explanation. Like Mark Henry hits 53, goes for the 54th, can't quite get it up, and racks it instead. So the official mark is 53. That's all me quoting Scott Armstrong, who has like clearly done his homework and frankly is probably much better at officiating this than he is actual wrestling matches. But anyway, then Ryback goes out and also hits 53, and is about to hit 54. And that's what makes me like, did they know Ryback could do that? Did they yeah, make him do it weird. on film a couple times? Because like, what if he says, no, no, I can do it. And then he gets to like 20 and gases out. Yeah. Wow, that, that would be hilarious. You've already like broken your WrestleMania feud. And you couldn't have Ryback look like this weakling, right? right? The whole point of the feud is to get him over as this strong hoss who can slam the giant, who can slam Mark Henry. 
So instead, he gets to 53. And remember, there's a no contract clause for this match, so they can't touch each other. So Mark Henry just walks up to him at 53 and just puts all his weight on the bar and pushes it back down. <laughs> and Ryback holds it up for like four seconds. He's like, ah, like he's struggling. He's bench pressed 225 pounds 53 times and is still able to resist 225 pounds yeah. and Mark Henry's full body weight for a second. Oh, that's a great touch. That's, I, that's yeah, weird I could, selling. I could see... I I could see Ryback being able to bench that much that no, much. No. Now I I I don't believe that Mark Henry that Ryback could bench more than Mark Henry. So I would I would have mm-hmm. to think that that was a gimmicked thing where like yeah. Mark Henry could bench more than fifty three. Like that that's can, just my thought. But but maybe yeah. not. I don't know. I mean he is older, so maybe not. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. But I, I would buy that both those guys would be able to bench press that that many times. I would buy that. Okay. Well yeah, that's I mean they're again, enormous. It, right. And either way, like in K it doesn't matter, right? This right. is just me kind of like thinking out loud. I'm like, I wonder how they did that. I think but it's so interesting. He, he, he pushes the bar into Ryback's throat and he drops the bar and plates go everywhere because they're not clipped on because WWE doesn't make responsible decisions right. at any time. So they go rolling away. And But Mark's like, well, I didn't touch him. I didn't touch him. I just touched the bar. So that <laughs> is their like go home moment for this match. Like it's a little silly, but again, I, I get it, right? The whole point is, look, we're going to do a little bit of a rebuild project on this guy. We're going to build him up as this hoss. He's going to slam Mark Henry at WrestleMania. And then we're going to have this new like beast to contend with, right? We're going to have Ryback 2.0 to play with all summer. And they have a 15-minute match at WrestleMania, and I'm not going to go into it blow by blow because it was pretty boring. It, it wasn't like the best example of this that they've ever done is when they did Goldberg, like actual Goldberg and Lesnar. Yeah. And they were just like, all right, they're both going to hit their finisher in a minute. This match is going to last like six minutes. They're going to destroy everything, and then we're out. Yeah, that's they didn't the way do to do that it. here. It's just it's a lot of like slow slams and bonking into one another and like right back gets dumped over the top rope, but it happens in like slow motion. It's the second match on the card. So the crowd like they're not they're not bored. It's not like when WrestleMania would go seven hours. It hadn't hit that point yet. So they're mildly into it, but they're mostly just waiting for the one thing that we all know is going to happen. And eventually it comes right back, hits this meat hook clothesline. He's been getting beaten up pretty much the whole match. It's a lot of Mark Henry heat, but he rebounds back with the clothesline, does that thing where he goes, finish it, yeah. and then puts him up on his shoulders. And the announcers are sounding like, oh, my God, he's going to get him up. He's going to get him up for the shell shock. And he kind of struggles for a second, and then he gets him up. But it was just a muscle buster. Well, right, but, you know, it's, it's kayfabe, and it hits harder when he hits it, right? That's my justification No, Samo- no it, it does not. I'm sorry. You can never make me believe that a move that Samoa Joe <laughs> hits is not harder than a move that a Ryback hits. Don't bu- don't believe it. Okay. okay. When Samoa well, Joe hits that muscle buster, I honestly think the dude's back is broken in half. Well, that's because he almost uh, he almost killed that poor guy with it. He had to retire. But yeah, that was so I mean that was disappointing. But it was so it annoying. It wasn't his fault because now yeah. he doesn't do the now he didn't do the move anymore. It's like this move is like the coolest thing ever, and it looks yeah. legitimately like it hurts a lot. It's Tyson just, anyway. Kidd. That was his name. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, no poor guy. Yeah. I, I do uh, feel bad for Tyson Kidd. That's a shame. Yeah, unfortunate, right? But so, okay, <laughs> Mark's problems with uh, with his moveset aside, like, 
we all understand that in kayfabe, this is the man's finisher. The yeah. entire build of this feud is like, oh, they're not saying it. They're not treating it like Hogan slamming Andre, but I'm just using that as the example. Like, sure, sure. This finisher, when he hits it on Mark Henry, that's going to be a big deal. That's the whole reason he's feuding with Mark Henry is because it'll look cool and it's a building block going forward. So he gets him up on the shell shock. The crowd pops because they know this is a cool thing. And then Mark Henry falls on top of him and squishes him. And it looks like. I, so your first thought is, oh, they botched, right? Like, oh, he right. actually couldn't do it, which is like sort of interesting. Right. And then Mark Henry kind of lays on his back for a second. Ryback sells his head, which is like. That's the one part that Mark Henry didn't land on, so it doesn't make a ton of sense already. And then Mark Henry rolls over and covers him, and he pins him, <laughs> and he wins. Okay, you know what? I know you're going to get into it, so I, I'm I'm all for that. But this is one of those moments where in wrestling. This is the stupidest thing ever. But in real in real life, like if Mark Henry fell on you, the match would be over. So like in yeah. real life, I buy it. But in wrestling, I don't. Right. Well, in like, I mean, honestly, if like you're if Mark Henry it, fell on me, I would no longer be on this planet. Like it would, right. just, I would be gone. So I could see that finishing a match. But you know, in a wrestling world. That should not finish a match. <laughs> right. Well, and that's what I think this is. It's kind of one of those things where like squash matches and marquee matches are literally really, really a squash hard. match. Yeah. <laughs> right. But like if you can pull them off, then they're really exhilarating and exciting because you've taken like you've changed what the audience was expecting Goldberg to see. You caught them by surprise, right? Goldberg exactly. Lesnar, that's the, the greatest squash match in the history of wrestling. Absolutely. I don't care what Absolutely. Says. But when you can do that, that's the closest you can come in wrestling to imitating real life sports and creating a shocking moment. But I'll be honest with you, like didn't watching, work the WrestleMania be before this. Yeah, well no it didn't. Maybe that's what they <laughs> thought they were doing. Like I don't know if they thought they were being too cute, but I'll be honest with you, like your first thought like I wouldn't be surprised if it's oh wait I think he actually dropped him and he's like seriously hurt because Mark Henry weighs 400 pounds and like maybe he's out cold maybe he collapsed the lung like maybe they just decided to wrap the match up and that was the improvised finish like when Ryback was unconscious and people like come into the ring like he's still down the doctors start to come into the ring to check on him so up until this point you're like okay well, either they're going for a botch, like well, either it was a botch and this was like a botched finish and they cut their losses and just gave him the pin and got out of there and they're going to tend to him now. Yeah. Or they probably like they got a little too cute. They're trying to do that thing where like imitates a real life, quote unquote, fight, but like not in a way that's satisfying. Maybe they're going to do this thing where like Ryback loses his confidence or has to like this becomes a thing where like he wasn't strong enough. And that's like what they build into the story. And then Mark Henry stops and gets back into the ring and goes to beat up Ryback some more. And immediately you just, (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. They meant to do this. Oh no. It's for heel heat. Oh no. This was all intentional. And then Ryback pops back up, picks him up, hits the shell shock and his music plays and he leaves. (laughs) They couldn't even wait. 
until the next night to do their 50-50 booking. It's un- it's just a raw match, dude. It's just the raw segment. It doesn't make any sense. He was dead like 30 seconds ago. Picks him up. Doesn't even struggle this time. Like the first time he sold it because it was right. supposed to be like a big deal. Picks him up. No problem. Drops him. Walks out. What was the point of any of that? <laughs> so you're going to tell me he couldn't. He couldn't pick him up for his move the first time, and but then after he's a, a, and on it him. crushed him so yep. much so that he could not respond to a three count. Yep. But then a minute later, not only is fine, now can lift him just fine and hit the move on him. Yep. Okay. Just making <laughs> sure. Just making yep. sure. There. There we are. That's called <laughs> logic, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So this is why. And that, 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 that's the end of my topic. It's just it's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. This is why I submit to you that this is the anti-Wrestle Kingdom match. This is just the worst. Like, you have the most simple basis for it. You have a lot of, like, faith and significance placed in the finisher. There's clearly a story you're willing to tell here. You're going to elevate this mid-card guy. You've been building him up for several months. This is where he writes the ship. And then they just have him get squished the way they describe it in this cage side seats article. Cause this doesn't do anything for Mark Henry either. No, like Mark Henry is no. at the point where like, he's been th- what he is for a while, which is that like, he's big and he's strong. He's a giant heel. Like he's beatable, but like, if you beat him, he's still so big. It's a big deal. And you can sell it in kayfabe as a big deal. Right. Winning by squashing this guy, just being too fat for him to pick up, that doesn't do him any good. <laughs> and the then getting article- beat up afterwards? Yes! Just uh, uh, The way this article puts it is like short of both men slipping on a banana peel and knocking themselves <laughs> unconscious, like you couldn't have found a way to make these two fighters look worse. <sighs> I mean, they both look like idiots now. Like yep. you've just... You've just tanked both of them. And this is when, like, it might never have happened anyway, but this is when any hope Ryback had of being, like, a, not the phenom, not, not, like, not Goldberg level, but of being a thing to see, like, a main event attraction, it just died right here. Because how? How can you ever take this man seriously again? It's just, like, it would have been so simple. Like, everybody knew what they were doing. When he debuted, they're like, oh, we're doing the Goldberg thing. Okay. Like when he starts feuding with Mark Henry. Oh, okay. He's going to like, can he slam Mark Henry? Can he be bigger than the strongest man alive? Okay. Like that, that makes sense. And then they just, they have him fall flat on his face, get squished by Mark Henry. And then on top of all, like they don't even let it be like a moment of discouragement for him. They just, he gets the shine back instantly, which is 10 times worse than if yep. he had just been a failure, because then at least there's a storyline direction to go in the next night. He cannot show up for two months and be like depressed and have to like do all these workout montages where he has to get strong enough again. Like there could be something. There's nothing to do from this. There's nowhere to go. Hang on, We've I'm... accomplished nothing. We've learned nothing. All right. Hang on. It's I'm, hilarious I'm looking... to watch. But... I'm looking this thing up real quick. I got to see. OK, okay. I got to look up these this WrestleMania. Let me let me see here. Um, okay, so, I don't know who was the face or the heel in that match, um, let's see, the only thing I can think of, the uh, the only way this, this finish makes 
any sense in WWE's world as if they're like, oh no, we have t- we have too many baby faces winning on this WrestleMania. We need we need a heel to win. Here, have Mark Henry win. But it's like, but we wanted Ryback to to be the guy. Okay, well then have Mark Henry win and then have Ryback beat him up at the end. Like that's the only thing I'm thinking. Of. Let me see. So the Shield won before them. But the Miz beat Wade Barrett. I'm pretty sure the Miz was the babyface at this point, so that's already a babyface winning. And then the Shield winning. Mark Henry's the heel winning. Team Hell No was the babyface team, and they won. Oh yeah, that was when Fandango beat Jericho at WrestleMania. Forgot about that. Then Alberto Del Rio beating Jack Swagger. I have no idea who's a babyface in that match. Uh, Undertaker beating Punk, Triple H beating Lesnar, Cena beating. Yeah, I don't know. This doesn't make any sense. I tried. I tried. I tried. I tried it to at really... least try and find something on the why yeah. in the world they would book that. It has to be something like that. Like, oh, Mark Henry's yeah. contract says he has to win twelve matches in these two years. He's only won eleven, and his contract's up tomorrow. We have to have him win. Like. It had to be a something like that because it just doesn't make any sense. It screams you're right. And again, this is why I put this up as like whatever the antithesis is of all the Wrestle Kingdom stuff we just talked about. This has to this screams like on the day of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vince looked at like heels versus baby faces. Yeah. And was like, no, we need to have Mark Henry win. Yeah. And then they just figured that out because everything up until this point it all made sense and you could see where they were going and that doesn't make it a bad thing. You can still tell that story and have him, you know, continue to build all summer and fight whoever at SummerSlam. Like that's fine. Predictable in wrestling is not bad if you do it well. Right. And it's way worse when you try to be cute and unpredictable and do something yep. like this. And even if you want to be subversive and have Mark Henry squish him, which I will admit is pretty funny to watch in retrospect because you're not seeing it coming. You can't then turn around and 50-50 book it the night of the show. At least they could have feuded all summer. And then he's got to, you know, get him up and slam him at the next pay-per-view or whatever. Like, at least that's something. This is nothing. This is absolutely nothing. And the crowd, I'm not going to say it kills the crowd. This is one of those, to to go back, sorry, to go back to CM Punk and the CM Punk interview, the the CM Punk podcast. This is going back to a... All right, we're booking you against the Shield in a handicap match, and you're <laughs> going to win, but make them look strong. It's like, what? Just have them win. Like, it's it's, it's like that type of thing where you're like, all right, Mark Henry's going to beat Ryback, but Ryback has to look strong. It's like, you know what would make him look strong if he won? Like, that. it's like that type of thinking that just makes, it makes no sense whatsoever. But... I don't know what was going on with WWE during this time where they just there there were no brain cells present. Right. Well, and that's the thing. If you wanted to like, okay, Mark Henry's going to win, but make Ryback look strong. Just make him like you could have him drop Mark Henry and then Mark Henry hits his own slam or like he tries to get it up two or three times. Like there's ways you can do this. The fact that he wins just just by squishing him like that's the offense. Yep. That's what makes it. I mean, it's hilarious, but not in a like. That's not what they were going for. No. no. <laughs> you know, that would be like, I, I don't know. I can't even think of it. It's a bad comedy match. But 
my favorite part about this, sitting right there in the front row, it's Snooky, baby. She's back. <laughs> She's still in the building. Oh, yeah. So you can another just another great her. bygone era of my yep. WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta. Exactly. Foray. Although, yeah. to be fair, that <sighs> was the one match I did miss. We'll see. There you go. I did miss that uh, so match. That, so that's it. I just wanted to talk about that match and what I think has got oh, to man. be like – Maybe the not the worst match, but just the worst like botching of a very clear WrestleMania story and WrestleMania moment that I think yeah. I've ever seen. It's very funny. Don't watch. I mean, the match is 15 minutes. It's actually longer than the tag team title match, which I know won't surprise you. But the finish <laughs> is pretty funny because it's not something you see a lot in wrestling. I'll give it that, I suppose. But it's wow. bad, dude. It's the yeah. anti Wrestle Kingdom match. That's my that's my tie in. Yeah, that's terrible. That's terrible. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, that was another weird episode of a bunch of stuff here on Behind the Gorilla. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at Behind underscore Gorilla. Also, Instagram at Behind underscore Gorilla. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark Brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So do that as well. And um, yeah, we'll see what we uh, we'll see what I come up with for next week. Who knows? Who knows if I even bother? Cause bad track record recently, but um, that's the that's the goal anyway. I again, I have the idea. I just haven't done the research yet. I know what I'm mm-hmm. gonna do next. I just haven't done it yet. And, I, and it's gonna be something else. I think. I think you will enjoy. Oh boy. Okay. It's, it's uh. I'll just give I'll give everyone a little hint. It has to do with. Like 1997, 1998 era WCW, but lower on the card. Uh, okay. 1998, uh, 1998, 1999, actually, so, something around there. And let's just say it's someone we've talked about before, I think just once, but this poor guy. Has, oh, no, Come twice. On. We've talked about him twice. And this okay. poor guy has just, especially in WCW, was just really put in a lot of weird stuff, so. Hmm. Anyway, a little bit of a tease there. A little bit of a tease for that. Um, All right. Well, that does it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Any final thoughts, Harris? No, I'm, I'm good. All right. That does it. Talk to you guys next week.